the Lord. You're thankful for a Savior, church? Unto us a son was given, and unto us a son was born. Amen. I'm glad that you have chosen to make Christ a part of your holiday season this evening. Now, there's a lot of people out there trying to keep up with the hecticness of the season, but you've chosen to come to the house of the Lord and to make Christ a part of this holiday season. And it is my prayer that you just receive the fullness of what God has in store for you this evening. Amen. Because he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, and I know that you've done that this evening. Tonight we're going to continue on with our Kingdom Living series. Before we do, we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Once again, just ask him to be a part of the word. He would anoint me and anoint you. Amen. Father God, we just thank you once again for this evening. We thank you for all your goodness, all your blessings, Father God. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that you have left us, Father God, as a comforter, as, as one that would lead us into all truth. And that's we, what we pray this evening. God, that you would lead us into all truth, Father God, that you would bring us revelation and understanding from your word, that it might find a place in the soil of our soul, that we might be encouraged by it, it might be challenged by it, most of all, that we might be changed by it. Father God, so anoint my mind, my lips, my body, and anoint your people as well, so that you would be glorified in your house and in our lives. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Got a lot to cover this evening. Hope that I can squeeze it all in. Tonight I'm going to try and finish up on our Kingdom Living series. Now I want to talk to you tonight about a place of plenty. I want to talk to you tonight about a place which contains the fullness of God's kingdom. A place that contains the fullness of His power, the fullness of His provisions, and the, the fullness of His protection, the fullness of His promises, and peace, and the list and list can go on and on. How many of you know that there is a place in the kingdom of God that is filled with the goodness of God. Amen. And that's what I want to talk to you about this evening, because as sons and daughters of God and individuals who understand what kingdom living is all about, we need to clearly understand that there is a place of plenty that our king has for us. Amen. What we have to understand, church, is that every kingdom has a storehouse. Every kingdom on this earth, church, every kingdom that ever was built, never will be, uh, has a place of plenty. And the kingdom of God is no different. Every kingdom has a treasury, church, from which the king might draw in order to provide uh, for that kingdom and for his people. There is a treasury from which the king can draw in order to sustain his kingdom and in order to sustain his people as well. And the kingdom of God is no different. We've already learned that the kingdom of God is exactly like a kingdom on earth. It's structured like one, operates like one, is built like one. It's just the most powerful kingdom in the universe. And as sons and daughters of God, we are part of that kingdom. And this whole series has been about learning how that kingdom operates and what our place and position in that kingdom is. And tonight is to give us an understanding that in that kingdom there is a place of plenty that you and I can access as sons and daughters of the Most High. God. What we need to remember is if uh, Philippians 4:19 says this. Paul writes to the Philippian church who is who is struggling with this understanding who might be individuals who might have been suffering lack and going through a time of difficulty, wondering if their needs would be met. And Paul speaks to them under the anointing of God and says, And my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory. 
What I want you to understand is Paul did not say that my God shall meet all of your needs according to your riches and or according to my riches. Paul didn't say God's going to meet your needs through what I have available. And, and that's the way the kingdom works. Listen, God is able to meet all of your needs, not according to our riches, not according to your riches or my riches, not according to man's riches, not according to the riches of this earth, not according to what you have in the bank or what you got stored up in some 401k or what you've got in, in stocks and bonds. God is able to meet all of your needs according to his riches in his glory. And we need to understand that as if we want to experience kingdom living in our lives according to what he has in his storehouse and not according to what we have in ours. You see, the reality is you can have Zippo in your storehouse and you can still have every single one of your needs met according to his riches in glory. What we have to understand is that God is able to meet every single one of our needs, church. He's able to meet your need, my need, your need, my need, his need, her need. He's able to meet every single need, the Bible says, according to his riches in glory, church. According to his riches in his place of plenty and not ours. You see, what you and I need to realize, church, is that our king has a place of plenty where thieves can't break in. Our king has a place of plenty where moth and dust and rust can't corrupt. Our king has a place of plenty, church, where his riches cannot be removed by anyone. They can be, church, they can be released. They can be withheld. They can be held back, but they cannot be removed by anyone. And that's what we need to realize when it comes to kingdom living in this place of plenty that God has in store for us. The word riches that Paul uses in this passage of Scripture, in the Greek and the Hebrew, it means his abundant fullness. And what Paul was saying to us is that God is able to meet our needs not according to the, a, a portion of his goodness. Not, not according to a, a fraction of his goodness or a piece of his, his goodness. Not just a little bit of his goodness, but he's able to meet our needs according to the fullness or the abundance of his fullness, church. Please understand that in the kingdom of God, there is a place of plenty that contains the fullness of everything God is. And everything God has. It, there is a place of plenty that contains the fullness of his peace. And a fullness of his promises. And a fullness of his joy. And a fullness of his grace. And a fullness of his, uh, of his mercy. And a fullness of his power. A fullness of his healing. There is a place in the kingdom of God that contains the fullness, church, of every single thing we need. We don't have to worry about uh, lack. We don't have to worry about uh, loss. We don't have to worry about all the things that the devil would try to bring into our lives if we understand that there is a place of plenty in the kingdom of God that is available to you and me, church. I know sometimes it's easy to say. I know sometimes it might be easy to hear, but it is a difficult thing to live by. And what God wants us to understand and what God wants us to live by is the fact that there is a place of plenty that you and I should take rest in. Because it is available to you and me. What we, what we want to understand and realize is that, that there is a place of plenty that the devil has no impact over. 
There's a place of plenty that we can feel security and a sense of security that no matter what's going on in this earth, no matter what's going on on Wall Street, no matter what's going on in Washington, no matter what's going on around this entire world, no matter what's going on in your bank, no matter what's going on with your retirement plan, no matter what's going on in your life, you and I should be able to rest in the fact that our king has a place of plenty that is able to meet every single one of our needs according to his abundant fullness in heaven. This is something that you and I need to live by. This is something you and I need to cling to. This is something that you and I need to understand is, that is part of his promise to his sons and daughters of God. Listen, I don't know about you, church, but I'm thrilled to know that my God never has to hand out rain checks. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that I don't serve a God who only has one-day specials. I'm thankful and thrilled that I have a God that doesn't have limited time offers available for His sons and daughters. That any time that I call on Him, He's able to meet my need according to His riches and glory. I don't have to wait for a sale flyer to come in the mail to receive what I want from God or need from God. Rather, need from God. Listen, sometimes we don't get what we want. So I'll correct myself on that. If our wants are based on our needs and God's will, God will provide it. Listen, there is what what you and I need to understand. There is no limited time offers when it comes to God. The only thing that God limits is his era of grace upon our life. There is coming a time when great God's grace will expire. But as long, church, listen, as long as we are in this era of grace, as long as we are living and breathing and moving in the family of God before that rapture takes place, there is no expiration date on the goodness and fullness and abundance that God has for His children. And we need to start living that way. We need to act and live and move and breathe like we believe that, church. Jesus has come. Listen, Jesus has come that you and I might have life. And have it more abundantly. Jesus hasn't come. Listen, sometimes we live our life like Jesus has come so we might just have a little bit. Sometimes we live our life like Jesus has come so that we might just get by. Sometimes we live our life like Jesus has come so we can just taste a little bit of what He's got. And maybe just make it through this life. I want you to understand that Jesus has come. Jesus has sacrificed His life. Jesus has bled and died. Jesus rose again from the grave and went back to the Father. Jesus said, not my will, but thy will be done so that you and I can have life. And have it more abundantly. And sometimes we act like Jesus died just so we can get by. I hope you understand that you've got a king and a father that's done, that wants you to do more than get by. I hope that you understand that you serve it, that you've got a father which is in heaven that wants to give you more than just a little bit of what he's got. He wants you to experience the fullness, church, the abundant fullness that He has available for you and me. We need to realize and understand that Jesus came so that you and I can live like kings and priests, not like paupers and spiritual peons like I talked about before. He's come so that we might live, church, like like sons and daughters of the Most High God, so that we might have access to His place of plenty. You see, you know the story, I've already taught it. When Adam sinned, we lost access to that place of plenty. 
And Jesus, God had to send His Son to die for you and me and restore us back to fellowship with the Father. We have to be born again into a new kingdom so we can access that kingdom's place of plenty. You see, the reality is some of us are are trying to get through our life off of what little bit this world has to offer. We're trying to get by on just what little bit we can drum up and what little bit we can produce in our lives. We toil and we struggle and we strain going through our spiritual life because we do not understand that there is a place of plenty that our Father in Heaven has reserved for those who love Him. The reality is every single one of us have access to that church and we must begin to make use of that. Ephesians 3.20 tells us that we should be praising Him. Tells us that we should be glorifying Him. Tells us that we should be thanking Him, church, because He is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond what we could think or ask of Him. I hope you realize what that verse says, church. I mean, the reality of that verse is that no matter what you ask of God, He can do more than that. No matter what limited concept you can create in your mind that God is able to do, no matter what you can think, God can do greater than that. I don't care how desperate you think your need is. I don't, I don't care how, how impossible you think your task is or your request is for God. It doesn't matter what request you can utter from your lips. God can do more than that. He can do exceedingly abundantly beyond what we can think or ask. But the reality is we live, we so often like, we live like God is only able to do what we ask. That God is limited to our asking ability. That God is limited to our mental mindset of who He is. And guess what? That's all we'll ever get. That's why I taught last week, a man is what he thinks. As a man thinks, so a man is. You better begin thinking like God has a place of plenty. You better start thinking like God is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond what you can ask or think of Him. The reality is the house of God is filled with individuals that think, Oh, God can't really do that. Can God really meet this need? Can God really heal my body? Can God really mend this marriage? Can God really give me that job? Can God really, uh, uh, you know, give me favor? Yes, absolutely! Because He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Because He has a place of plenty that's available to His sons and daughters. And we got to learn to live like that, breathe like that, move like that, think like that, ask like that, pray like that, praise like that, worship like that, and give like that, church. Something we have to realize when it comes to kingdom living. I hope you understand, church. That there is no shortage of supply in the house of God. There is no there is no famine in the in the house of God, kingdom of God. There's no drought that will ever take place in the in the kingdom of God, church. Like I said earlier, what you and I need to realize is that God might shut the doors of heaven. God might withhold his blessings for a little while. God might close the windows in order for us to open up our hearts to Him, church. But the reality is that that there is a place of plenty that shall never run dry. 
There is a place of plenty that is able to meet every single one of our needs according to His riches and glory. One of the first things we need to ask ourselves when, when lack seems to be coming into our life, when it seems like God's not flowing into our lives, one of the first things we have to ask ourselves, God, have I emptied my heart? Have I made room for You? Is there something standing in the way, God? You see, because until we make room for Him, He can't pour out. We've got to ask, is there a reason, Father God, that you've shut up the heavens? You know that scripture. If I was to shut up the heavens to where there'd be no rain, if I was to send a pestilence upon my people, he goes on and says, but if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I would hear from heaven and heal their land. You see, sometimes God shuts up the heaven so you'll open up your heart. Sometimes God shuts up his storehouse so you'll open up your soul. Sometimes God will shut off his blessings so you'll open up your pocketbook and open up your marriage and open up your mind to what God wants to do in your life. So often we come into a time of difficulty and we think God's turned his back on us when we've turned our back on him. And we begin to grumble and complain instead of offering ourselves up to God, instead of opening up our souls so that he'll open up the windows of heaven into our life so that we can have access to that place of plenty. You see, in the kingdom of God, like I said, there's no shortage of supply in God's kingdom. In this kingdom, church, people will always be hungry. In this kingdom, church, people will always have not. In this kingdom, people will always suffer lack and will always suffer loss. In this kingdom, there is always a limited supply. But in God's kingdom, in God's glorious heaven church, there is no want, there is no lack, there is no shortage, there is no famine, there is no drought, there is no need that God cannot provide for. None. Because there is a place of plenty that's been made available to every single one of us. And most Christians, I hate to say it, have yet to tap into that. Most Christians have yet to gain access to that place of plenty because they don't understand the ways of royalty. Because they don't understand how they're supposed to live and move and breathe and how they're supposed to position themselves in the kingdom of God. So they have no clue how to gain access to that place of plenty. They think if they cry enough, they'll gain access. They think if they'll beg enough, they'll gain access. They think if they grumble, complain, and and fuss enough that they'll gain access. It's not how you gain access to this place of plenty. You've got to learn the ways of royalty. You've got to learn your position in the household of God so that you can receive everything that He has for you. Grumbling won't get you a nickel. But positioning yourself properly in the kingdom of God will open up that storehouse and pour out blessings into your life, church. When it comes to God's place of plenty, there's no expiration date on His supply like I told you, church. God doesn't have to rotate His his inventory just to keep it fresh. It's not some supermarket where you've got a bunch of checkout clerks that got to constantly rotate the stock, got to constantly empty more boxes and get some goods up on the shelf. It's not the way the kingdom of God works. He has an abundant fullness. He's got a never-ending supply, church. It's available to every single one of us. Remember, His mercies are new every morning. His loving kindness endures from generation to generation to generation to generation. Forever, the Bible says. Because it all comes from His place of plenty, church, in the kingdom of God. 
No one has to restock the shelves. In the king's place of plenty church, his riches never have to be replenished. It is a never-ending supply. The reality is, listen, the word riches in Hebrew also means, and I'm not going to teach you the Hebrew and the Greek, but in the Hebrew it means not just an abundance, abundant fullness. It also means an inexhaustible supply. An inexhaustible supply. So please understand what the Word of God is saying when He says He is able to meet all your needs according to His riches in glory. It's according to His inexhaustible supply in glory. According to His tireless supply in glory. According to His supply that can never run dry. According to His supply, church, that can never be completely consumed. Never. It is a never-ending, inexhaustible supply, and no matter what need you have, and I have, or the world has, it will never be exhausted. It is an inexhaustible supply, church, and I hope you realize that as sons and daughters of God, as children of the King, church, as sons and not slaves, we have access to that place of plenty. We have access to that inexhaustible supply and that supply that never runs dry. In Second Kings chapter 4, we get a glimpse of that supply. In Matthew 16, we get a glimpse of that supply. In 1 Kings 17, we get a glimpse of that supply. And in the few moments I have, I want to look at those, church. In 2 Kings chapter 4, there's a story of a woman who just lost her husband and he left her with a debt. And the collector comes to... Collect the debt, but she has nothing to pay. So he decides to take the sons to work off that debt. And this is what the word of God says. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. You know that he loved the Lord, Elisha. You know that he served the Lord, Elisha. Listen, understand what I'm saying? Bad things can happen to good people. The devil doesn't lay off of you just because you're a prophet. The devil doesn't lay off of you just because you're a man of God or a woman of God. The, the devil doesn't lay off of you just because you come to church. The devil doesn't lay off of you just because you read the Bible. The, doesn't, the devil doesn't lay off of you just because you pray. The devil is always out to get you. He roams about like a roaring lion, and the reality is bad things happen to good people, but God is still in charge. God is still on the throne. God is still powerful, and God is still able to meet your need in that moment of despair, no matter how desperate that position might be. But it says, he revered the Lord, Elisha, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as their slaves. I want you to look at that word slave again, because that's what we learned last week. Are you a son or are you a slave? You see, the reality is the devil comes to make you a slave. The devil comes to take away. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, the Bible says. But what did Christ do? He came so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He came so that you might not have to be a slave. He came so that you can live free, church, and fulfilled. Not so you have to go through life paying off some debt you'll never pay. Why do you think God sent His only begotten Son to pay a price you and I could never pay? And because God paid the debt, we don't have to. This is what you and I need to understand when it comes to kingdom living. But the devil comes to make us slaves, but God wants us to be like sons, free and fulfilled church. Listen, the reality is this woman had nothing to pay the debt. 
This woman had nothing to pay the bills. This woman had nothing to offer in exchange for the amount of money she owed in order to, to, to keep her sons from going into slavery church, except a small jar of oil. A little jar of oil that just was about down to there. And I'm going to expand on that as I go. I want you to understand that it was valuable oil. The oil that she had, church, had some monetary value to it, church. I want you to understand that this oil uh, could and would be used in exchange for, for things. You could barter with this oil. You could buy with this oil. You could trade with this oil. But the problem was she didn't have enough to pay the price. She didn't have enough to meet her need. She didn't have enough to pay off the debtor church. But how many of you know our God has enough? How many of you know God has already paid the price and he has given us access to this place of plenty so that we don't have to live like slaves and live like peasants and live like paupers, but we can live like kings and priests and sons and daughters church. Here's what you and I need to realize from this story is all she had was a little bit of oil church that wasn't worth enough and it couldn't pay the price. She had a little bit in her hands, church, but it wasn't enough. But how many of you know even a little bit in the hands of God is worth so much more? How many of you know, church, that even the little bit that we have when we put it in the hands of God is able to meet every need we have according to His riches in glory? Not according to mine, like I said, but according to His riches in glory, according to His inexhaustible, overflowing, tireless, never-ending, non-consumable supply in the kingdom church. Listen, this woman had a limited supply This woman had only a few ounces of oil. She had a supply that was almost exhausted. She had a supply that was almost to its end. She had a supply that was just about to be fully consumed, church. But Elisha knew that the king of glory had more than enough than this woman needed. Elisha knew that his king in glory had a place of plenty that was able to to do exceeding and abundantly beyond what that woman could ever ask or think. So he asked her to step out in faith, church. He asked her to let go of a little so God could release much. He asked her to let go of the natural so God could do something supernatural in her life. And the reality is God's asking us to do the same thing. He's asking us to let go of the little so He can pour out much. He's asking us to let go of the natural, the thing that we like to cling to, so that He might do something supernatural in our lives and pour out a plentiful, abundant blessing in our life. Listen. Elisha knew what his father had available. Elisha knew that his king had a place of plenty that he could rely on and count on and expect to receive blessings from church. So here's what he did. He calls the woman to collect all the jars in her house because he knew God was about to pour out a blessing. He knew that what she had wasn't even enough to contain it. So he said, woman, I want you to go to every one of your neighbors. I want you to go to your best friends. And I want you to go to the house that maybe you you never been to before. And I want you to pick up whatever kind of container you can. Because God's about to pour out a blessing. Because God's about to pour out something from his place of plenty to meet your need, woman. And so she did exactly what Elisha told her to do. 
She collected up every single container she could find. Big, little, square, round, tall, short, fat, ugly, pretty. And she went to every neighbor and she collected every one that they would be willing to give out to church. And God began to pour. And God began to pour, and God began to pour, and God kept on pouring. And as he filled up one, listen, as he filled up one out of her little bit that she had, out of her little container that was limited with supply, he kept on pouring and said, woman, get me another one. Get me another one. Bring me another one. Bring me another one. That's not enough. I'm not done. Bring me another. Bring me another. She used up every single jar she had in her house and every single jar that she could drum up from her neighbors. And as long as she kept on bringing, God kept on pouring. As long as there was a place for God to pour, His spigot never shut off. His storehouse never closed its doors. As long as she kept bringing, God kept on pouring. I hope you're getting this. As long as you keep on bringing some praise, God's going to keep on pouring. As long as you keep on bringing some thanksgiving, God's going to keep on pouring. As long as you keep bringing your time, your tithe, your talent, God's going to keep on pouring. As long as you keep emptying yourself, God's going to keep on pouring in. You see, we've got to realize That there is a place of plenty, church, that God wants to pour out into our lives. But we've got to be empty vessels in order for that to happen. We've got to be willing to pour out everything that we've got, church, in order for God to pour in. Here's what you need to understand, though. As long as she kept bringing jars, God kept pouring provision into her life. He kept pouring out abundance. He kept pouring out sustenance. He kept pouring out every need that she had according to his riches and glory. And it was more than enough to pay the debt. It was more than enough to bring her out of bondage, her sons out of bondage. It was more than enough. It was more than she could have thought possible and more than she could have asked for. Because that's how our God is. He's able to meet a our needs according to His riches and glory, church. And we need to begin to live and move and breathe and act like this. Please understand, the abundance did not come from the little jar of oil that she gave to Elisha. The abundance didn't come from her. And the abundance didn't come from Elisha. The abundance came from the place of plenty that is located in heaven. Because the reality is, listen, her jar was limited. But God's isn't. Your jar is limited. But God's isn't. Your vessels are limited. But God's aren't. The, the, the abundance always comes from God. Abundance always comes from God. Listen, there's certain things you can acquire all on your own. There's certain things that your wisdom, your strength, your knowledge, your abilities, your talents. There are certain things that all that God has blessed you with talent-wise and wisdom-wise. There are certain things that that that, that can... Bring your cup right up to the edge. But anything that pours over has got to come from God. You can only get so far. Listen to me. You can never produce abundance in your life. You yourself can never produce overflow in your life. I don't care how much you try, how much you work. You cannot produce supernatural abundance in your life. It comes from God. Her little jar was limited. Why do you think she had to keep emptying it into other vessels? Because her jar was limited. 
The abundance always comes from God. If you want abundance in your life, if you want plenty, if you want all those things that God has to offer for, for, to you, you have to realize you can't acquire them on your own. They only come from God. And you have to make sure that you're positioned in such a way that those blessings and promises can come into your life, church. God's jar is inexhaustible. As long as she had a container, God kept on filling, church, because in, the, in God's place of plenty, there's a never-ending supply. And we need to cling to that and claim that, church. The truth is, you and I will run out of jugs, and you and I will run out of containers, and you and I will run out of cups, and you and I will run out of pitchers, you and I will run out of glasses far quicker, long before God even begins to even start pouring out. One little drip, one little drip of what God has can overflow in your life. One little drip out of this, one little, one little spill will create an overflow in your life. Church, all the abundance comes from God, and we need to realize that. It's exactly why Paul was able to say he's able to meet all of your needs according to his inexhaustible supply in heaven, church. Likewise, another way that we can demonstrate Church, some of this supply is in Matthew 16. When you look at the story of the five loaves and the three fishes, when you look at, at this story where Jesus fed the multitude, here's what you have to understand. The loaves and the fishes in the hands of the boy was only enough for one. The loaves and the fishes, the five loaves and the three fishes in the hands of the boy was only enough for one. It was only enough for him. It was only enough maybe for one meal. They were like sardine-sized fish. I could eat that as a snack. The, the bread were not these big loaves of bread. They were a little tiny. They were little pitas. That this, his mama sent them off to, through the day. A little bag lunch. It was enough for one day. In his hands, church, it wouldn't last long. In his hands, it barely get him through the day. But I, you know the story. Something miraculous happened when he put it in the hands of God. Something miraculous began to happen when he put the little bit that he had into the hands of God. When he put it into the hands of God, it didn't feed one. It fed 5,000. And there was what? An abundance and plenty left over. You see, the reality is you and I better start learning how to put the little bit we have in the hands of a powerful God. You and I better start learning how to put that little tiny bit we have into the hands of God so he can turn it into plenty. You and I need to learn to take this little bit that we cling to. You see, that's our problem. God, I worked so hard for it. God, I slaved so hard for it. It took me so long to get it, God. It's mine. We need to learn to let go of this little natural thing so God can pour out His supernatural blessings and provisions into our life so that we can experience that place of plenty. Listen, if this is all you hold to, not the Bible, thinking material things. If this is all you hold to, it's all you'll ever have. If the boy would not have let go of those five loaves and three fishes, it's all that he would have had. We go through our life just like that. It's all we have because it's what we're holding on to. We must learn to let go of those things so that God can pour out more into our lives. We can't even let go of an offering. We can't let go of 10% of our income. We can't let go of that little bit that God is asking for, whether it's monetary thing or time or service or talent. We can't let go of that one little thing. We cling to it and hang on to it. 
And it's all we ever end up with. Because God can't do anything supernatural until we let go, church. Until we begin to put that little bit into His hands and then He provides us with much. And this is what we need to understand. When we put it in the hands of God, and when this boy put it in the hands of God, it was more than enough. Listen, the truth is, five loaves, the, the five loaves and three fish actually came from the boy. You know the story. Five loaves and three fishes came from the boy. There was nothing supernatural about what that boy had in his hands. But when he put it in the hands of God, something happened. The five loaves and three fishes came from the boy, but the abundance, the overwhelming, never-ending, continual supply came from our Father's place of plenty. The boy gave five loaves and three fishes. And he was rewarded for that. But the abundance came from our place of plenty that's available to us. When you look, another example. I know I've only got a few minutes left. But another example, church, of this place of plenty can be found in 1 Kings 17. It's another story about another widow woman. It's the woman in Zarephath, church. She was down to her last drop of meal. Her little bit of meal and a little bit of oil, the Bible tells us. She had only enough to make one cake. Bible says, she said to Elijah, Elijah, I've only got enough for one cake. I'm going to prepare it and then die. She was so desperate. Her plan, her plan was to cook one last meal and die. That was her plan. You think we're desperate sometimes? That was her plan. That was her lot in life. I've only got enough. One, one or two drops of oil. And a little tiny handful of meal. I've only got, I've only got enough for one cake. And what did God ask her to do? He told her, he asked her to let go of that little bit that she had so that she could experience a place of plenty in her life. He asked her to put the kingdom of God first, to, 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 to take that little bit that she had and put it in the hands of the king so that the king could turn the key to his storehouse and pour out a blessing into her life that she'd never experienced before. And it's exactly what happened, church. You know the story. You know the story that when she gave that cake to Elijah, it was like giving it to God. And every single morning when she went to that jar, I guarantee you she went with expectation every day. The first day she went, she, she, she used everything that she had. But the next day she went back to that jar and it was full. She went back to that, 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 that container and it was full. The oil never ran dry because there is a place of plenty. The meal never ran out because our Father has a place of plenty. He met every need she had according to His riches and glory because she was willing to take the little bit she had and put it in the hands of God. And when he did, when she did, it opened up a, a storehouse of plenty into her life. And it kept on being provided. It kept on being provided until the famine and the drought in the land was over. And then she went back to the way she was, church. But understand, this is, this is what we need to realize. You may not have much this evening. You may be wondering how your five loaves and three fishes is going to last you past the day, church. You may be wondering how far your little bit of oil is going to go, church. You may be looking at your lack, but God wants us to see His abundance tonight. God wants us to get our eyes off the lack and get our eyes on His abundance. He wants us to get our eyes off of our problem and get our eyes on His provision. You see, the slave... The peasant, the pauper, walks around all the time looking at their lack and looking at their situation instead of on the place of plenty that God has for them. Listen, 
Remember, a pauper says, I don't have enough. Pauper says, I don't have enough. A son or a priest or a king says, or a son or a prince or a priest says, my father has plenty. The reality is, if you call yourself a son or daughter of God, your father's got plenty. If you call yourself a child of the king, I want you to know tonight that your father, your God, your king has plenty. And he wants to teach us to get our eyes off of our lack and get our eyes on to the provision church. So often, instead of taking the little that we have and putting it in the hands of God by faith, we cling to it and then we wonder why His provisions aren't coming. So often, we're, we're unwilling to pour out the, the little in order to experience the much. So often, we withhold from God and we wonder why His blessings aren't coming. So often, we withhold our praise and we withhold our thanks and we withhold our prayers and we withhold our service and we withhold our time and we withhold our tithes and we wonder why God's kingdom isn't coming. We wonder why we can't experience this place of plenty in our lives. I know I'm about, I only got a few minutes left, and I know I'm about to take you into some territory that most of us don't like to travel, but it's this place called robbing God. It's this place called tithing and giving that's mentioned in Malachi chapter 8, church. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, it says, Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, How do we rob you, God? And God says, You're robbing me with your tithes and with your offerings. And He says that you're under a curse because of it, because you are robbing me. You see, one of the realities is in the house of God today, church, one of the number one reasons that we are not experiencing the, 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 the place of plenty in our life is because we're robbing God. Because we are holding on to what doesn't belong to us. Because we're not giving and because we're not tithing. And I know a lot of people don't like to hear it. And I know a lot of people would rather avoid that and not even discuss it. But the reality is that one of the number one reasons we are not experiencing the place of plenty in our lives is because we're robbing God. These people that God, that, that, these people that, that, that God was talking about and that Malachi was speaking about, they were the nation of Israel. They, they were the people of God. But listen to me. Not only had they turned their back on God, they ran off with his money as well. They ran off with his blessings. They ran off with the tithe and the offering. Not only did they turn their back on God, they ran off with his money as well. You see, the individual, we've got to ask ourselves, the individual that runs off with God's tithe, the individual that runs off with God's blessings, you seriously have to ask yourself how deep of a relationship and commitment they have with Christ. The individual that robs God and steals from God can't be blessed by God. The individual that, the individual that holds on to that little bit instead of being willing to give it back to God in order to open up the windows of blessing can't receive his blessings in his life. I'm not saying this to condemn anybody. I'm teaching you the ways of royalty. I'm teaching you what it means to be a son and a daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And anyone who is a son and a daughter needs to learn how to tithe and needs to learn how to give. They need to learn how to let go of the natural so God can pour supernatural into their lives, church. The reality is, far too many of us are unwilling to offer our loaves and fishes to God. 
The reality is far too many of us are unwilling to bake that last cake for the kingdom of God and we hold on to it for ourselves. Far too many of us, church, are unwilling to pour out the oil fearing that it's all that we have, fearing that it won't go far enough, fearing that it won't last, fearing that it won't be enough to get me past the day, forgetting that it's not our supply that makes the difference but God's. When you and I can begin to live and move and breathe and understand that it's not our supply that makes the difference in our life, but that it's God's, you'll begin to experience that place of plenty in your life. Until you're willing to let go of the little, it's all you'll ever have. The Bible says if you're faithful in the little, He's going to make you ruler over much. It is a principle all throughout Scripture. If you think that little bit is going to get you through the week by hanging on to it, you're sadly mistaken. The only way that you're going to experience the fullness in this place of plenty in your life is to learn to let it go and give it to God. Listen, God was saying to these people, if you bring in the tithe, I'll pour out my plenty. If you bring in me, if you bring me the 10 percent, I'll provide my abundance in your life. It is a principle we must learn as sons and daughters of God church. Listen, I'm going to start bringing this to a close. But the reality is, as I and bringing this whole series to a close, the question is, how many of you want to experience God's inexhaustible supply? How many of you want to experience this place of plenty that God has available for our lives? If that is you, and that's what you say, God, I I want to experience that place of plenty. Look, I'm going to go back real quick. What we must allow the Holy Spirit to teach us are the the few things that we've looked at over the last few weeks. And in the two minutes that I have, this is what we have to understand. If we want to experience this place of plenty in our lives, church, we must allow the Holy Spirit to teach us the ways of royalty. The first thing that we have to remember, church, in order to experience that place of plenty is the principle of priority that we looked at. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and the face of God and the will of God and the ways of God and his established standards in your life. And guess what he says he'll do? And then I will add all of these other things into your life. When you seek first the kingdom of God, you open the door to his place of plenty. When you make him priority in your life, it is the number one key to opening up that place of plenty and allowing God to pour out a blessing into your life that you cannot contain. The second thing you must do is understand the concept of a king. You must understand the fact that you are not your own, that you've been bought with a price and you are to glorify God in your in your life. You have to realize that he is your owner, that you can't do what you want to do with your life because you've been bought with the the, the blood of Jesus Christ. Unless we learn that church, unless we operate like that, his place of plenty won't be open to us. When we live like we belong to ourselves, we will not experience the kingdom of God. Thirdly, we have to learn how to acquire the favor of the king, which comes through the practice of permission. Asking God, may I? Asking for God's permission to do certain things in your life. And we learn so often we do what is right in our own eyes and we wonder why his kingdom doesn't come. We must learn the practice of permission, church, and we must come to God like Nehemiah did with a resume of righteousness and a history of holiness in his life, never asking for what he knew he didn't deserve. Never asking for what he knew he didn't deserve. This is how we experience the place of plenty in our life. Fourthly, we need to conform to the culture of God's kingdom. 
and not the culture of this world. God said that you are not to be conformed to the culture of this world, but you're to be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you might prove the culture of God's kingdom. Finally, what we learned last week, church, is that you've got to start thinking like sons and daughters and not like paupers and slaves. You've got to begin to think like I belong to God, like I'm precious to God, like I have rights, like I have a position in the kingdom of God. And when you begin to put all of those things together, church, when you begin to understand the ways of royalty and begin to practice them into your life, guess what happens? This place of plenty becomes available to you and me. This, this abundance and this inexhaustible supply be, becomes available to you and me. So the question tonight is, how many of you are willing to make yourself available to God? The question is, how many of you are willing to empty yourselves so that God can fill you up? How many of you are willing to let go of the little so that God can pour out much in your life. If you're willing to say, God, I'm here tonight to just let go of myself so that I can experience this place of plenty, I want you to stand to your feet because this is what we're yielding to, church, tonight. We are just emptying ourselves. We're saying, God, tonight, willing to let go of whatever it is you're asking me. You see, some of you got to let go of something that I don't have to. Some of you got to be willing to let go of something that your neighbor has already let go of or may never even be asked to let go of. But we've got to learn to let go of the little so that God can pour out the much. So tonight as we pray, I want you to ask, God, what is it you want me to let go of? What is it you want me to release in the natural so that I can experience the supernatural in my life and experience kingdom living like I never have before? Father God, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this series, God, that you've brought us through. And I know it's only been like six weeks, Father God. And concerning kingdom living, I could have probably preached all year. But God, I pray that this would have just stirred something in the soil of your people's soul. I pray, Father God, that it would open, that that, that these words in this series, God, might have just opened a door to understanding and opened a door to revelation and opened a door that they would be willing now to walk through, Father God, to dig deeper into, Father God, to study on their own, Father God, so that they might be approved, Father. I pray, Lord, that you would take everything that we've learned over the last several weeks, God, and I pray that you would just solidify it in the soil of our soul. I pray, God, that we would become doers of this word and not hearers only. That we would not be like that individual who looks in the mirror and sees what's wrong and then walks away forgetting what they looked at. But my prayer, God, is that every single day you would bring this word to our remembrance. My prayer, God, is that every single day you would not leave us alone with your truth and with your revelation and with your word and with your spirit, Father God. That you would lead us in the path of righteousness, O God. That you would help us to yield ourselves to you as instruments of righteousness and obedience, Father God. Help us understand what it truly means to be sons and daughters of the Most High God. Help us to realize what kingdom living is all about. It's not about me, myself, or I. It's about the King of kings and Lord of lords. It's about letting go of the little so that we might become rulers of much. It's about making ourselves nothing, Father God, so that we might become something in the kingdom of God. God, help us to be servants. 
Help us to be ones, Father God, who don't think more highly of ourselves than we ought to, but that would follow the example of Jesus Christ who made himself nothing, Father, and considered others more important than himself. So God, take this word, expand it, Father God, in our souls. As we go through the days and go through the weeks, Father God, let it become more and more real to us, Father God. Let us all understand what it means to be sons and daughters of the Most High God, Father, and then help us to walk in it by the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Father, we give you the praise and the glory, and all of God's people said, Amen. Can we just bless the Lord, church? Amen. If you have a special need, be happy to tarry with you, pray with you, and access God's place of plenty. Otherwise, go knowing he's got provision for you. Amen.